So hi everyone, thank you so much for joining us at Prefovi on our first live webinar. Um, it's a pleasure to, uh, to be back in, in touch with you guys uh, through this uh, virtual mode of live streaming. So a few housekeeping rules before we start our webinar on um, loan out companies and loan out agreements and what's gonna happen to them in the new uh, IR35 uh, framework. Um, so I'd, I'd be grateful if you'd please kindly, if you are on Zoom, if you'd please kindly raise your hand. I mean, there's a, a sign for you to, uh, to, to be able to raise your hand or um, to send your questions and comments in the chat box. Um, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll review them at, um, uh, at the end of, uh, and I'll also review your hands at the end of each subsection of my webinar. And then um, I'll give you some time for any, you know, comments or, or questions. And also if you are on Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn, I will also after each um, session, if you are live streaming for those three platforms, I will also double check my messenger and uh, uh, my messenger uh, uh, messages on uh, on um, uh, on these platforms. Okay, so um, what are loan out companies? So, in uh, they're also known as personal service companies (PSC), and they are air from the United States of America. Um, which, as I'm sure you know, is the um, uh, first world, uh, I mean, the, yeah, the, the first biggest uh, country for the entertainment industry in the world. And um, the idea, the, the, the main idea is that the talent loans out his or her services via a corporate body to uh, his or her end clients. Okay, so the creator, the talent, uh, uh, provides the services, but the services are actually provided through a, a, a legal entity, which is the loan-out company, hence the name loan-out company. And as I said, in the UK, HMRC, which is the taxman in the UK, of course, um, usually refers to these type of companies as personal service companies, PSCs. And um, the way a, a PSC or a loan out company is usually structured is that uh, it has a sole shareholder, which is the talent, the, um, the individual uh, who will provide the services. So he or she is the uh, sole shareholder most of the time. And um, also quite often, uh, this individual is the sole director of the PSC of a loan out company. So how does the contractual relationship work between the loan out company, the uh, talent, and the end client? Well, um, usually, I mean, in, in, a, in, a, in a loan out structure, the um, contract loan out agreement is entered into between the PSC, the loan out company, and the end client. And as a subject, as the uh, the main uh, you know purpose of this uh, of this loan out uh, agreement, is actually the provision, the execution of those um, uh, uh, services, which are going to, which is going to be done by the the talent, by the creator, by the individual. Um, so this is this this loan out structure is a good fit for the entertainment and media and sports industry because the talent in these sectors receive some sums of money sporadically for the, um, the provision of their services and um, and also um, usually in, huge, in, in, uh, in big chunks in the big one front sum and then nothing for three or four months for example and then you know another another uh, uh, contract comes in, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a good fit for, in particular, the entertainment industry, although I have also, also seen some loan out um, structures being used for 
uh, even in the public sector, we'll come back to this in a, in a bit, but uh, for consultancy roles, etc. And um, where does the loan out structure uh, come from, you know, from a legal standpoint? Uh, we know that it's originated in the US um, back in, um, in, in, the, um, in, the, in the 30s, but uh, where is it coming from, uh, from a legal standpoint? Well, it's actually Article 17 of the OECD Model Income Tax Treaty dated 1930, which um, put in place this idea of a loan out. Why? Because um, back then entertainers were traveling, you know, to go to gigs or to go to live events, to, do, to perform their services live. They were traveling all around the world. And therefore, they were generating various income streams from different countries around the world. And so the, the question came out as to where, where are we going to tax these uh, entertainers um, in, in the world? Should we tax them in each country individually or how do we do this? And so this Article 17 of the OECD Model Income Tax Treaty from 1930, pre-zero, so a long time uh, ago, um, uh, basically provided for the fact that the all these income streams of this entertainer should only and solely be taxed in the country in which the entertainer is a tax resident. So once this Article 17 was um, entered into force through the, this, uh, this OECD tax treaty in, in 1930, uh, that was a foundation, the legal foundation on which those uh, loan at companies, loan at corporations were structured. Okay, so basically what the entertainer would do is that he or she would set up this um, uh, uh, legal entity in his or her tax resident country uh, and um, make sure that all the um, uh, monies, all the payments were funneled to this, um, to this loan out company in, uh, in uh, the country of, of his or her residence. And then every year he or she would um, go to see his or her accountant and they would do the tax thing and they would pay the uh, basically um, tax payment, pay, payment on income tax and, uh, and if applicable NICs, national insurance contributions. So in the 1970s and the 1980s, this, um, this model of the uh, loan out structure really picked. I mean, it, it really became very widely used in the UK, which adopted the model, as you can see, pretty fairly uh, early um, in, um, fr from the US. Um, as far as I know, a loan out company doesn't really exist in uh, in um, uh, continental Europe, in particular France. Um, this is not really a structure that exists. Okay, so it's it's pretty an Anglo-Saxon thing, and definitely works in uh, in the UK for sure. So how? So this is the end of the um, of the first section, and um, I'm going to check on various. Uh, uh, devices, whether um, uh, platforms, whether you guys have got any questions or any comments. Okay, so we have um, Sarah, who is asking how to set up a, a loan out company. Um, so it's very um, easy. Um, Sarah, in the UK, there is the Registrar of Companies, which is called the Companies House, and you just need to set up a normal standard uh, com private company limited by shares with Companies House um, and call it a personal service company while you are declaring it to the Registrar to Companies House. Moreover, in the bylaws of this uh, of this new company that you are a private company limited by shares that you have incorporated, well, you are not going to take the default model bylaws, but you are going to customize them those bylaws. So, in order to make sure that the uh, object um, and the purpose of this new company is actually to uh, basically be a, uh, to manage your personal services uh, or the personal services of the of a, of a sole shareholder. And, um, and director. And that's it. That's how you set up a uh, personal service company or, or, or otherwise called a loan at company. Um, Anis, do you have any questions or? Anis is with us on the, on the, um, on the, um, sorry, on Zoom. Do you have any questions, Anis, or comments? 
Uh, not at the moment, yes. Okay, okay, great. Um, so let's move on to section number two of uh, this um, webinar, which is how do you use uh, loan at companies? How um, entertainers and the talent and sport, professional sports people do use um, loan at companies? Well, as I explained uh, before, it, it, it became a, a fairly um, successful and uh, widely used uh, structure back in the 1970s and 1980s. Why? Well, firstly, because it um, protects, it protects the, the uh, personal liability and the personal assets of the talent. Why? Because contractually, as I explained, the only two entities which enter into a contractual relationship in the loan out agreement are the personal service company, the loan out company, and the end customer. So this end customer could be Warner, or uh, uh, you know, or the other um, uh, major in the um, in the music business, uh, uh, Universal, Sony. It could be a um, a broadcaster like the BBC, like uh, Sky, etc. So that that is the type of end clients we're talking about. And if we are talking about a professional sports person, it could be um, also some brands who want to do deals with uh, 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 sports stars. Um, and um, they want to do some um, uh, endorsing deals, okay, these brands. So, as I said, contractually, in case the um, uh, services are not executed, the only recourse, contractual recourse, that the end client has is against the personal service company. It cannot go after the natural person, i.e. the talent, the creator, or the sports person, etc. And the other um, advantage of a loan out structure is that it protects the personal assets of the talent because under English corporate law, under UK corporate law, the um, personal liability of a shareholder is limited to the um, sum of money that he or she has spent buying the shares. So say, for example, you've got a shareholding capital of £5,000. Well, the personal liability of a sole shareholder of this company, which has a shareholding capital of £5,000, will be £5,000 on, on his or her personal assets. And any uh, creditor cannot go after this uh, natural person, after this shareholder, for more than £5,000. So that's pretty cool because you, you, it means that you hedge your bets here. Your, risk are, your risks are seriously um, limited and hedged as a talent. And also, secondly, um, I'm sure you, you, you've, you've heard that under UK corporate law, um, a director might be in certain circumstances uh, liable. Uh, because of his or her actions, um, in particular, you know, gross negligence or et cetera, et cetera, while managing the, uh, the, the, the company. However, in the United Kingdom, the corporate veil principle is quite thick. So corporate veil, veil sorry, is an expression which uh, uh, means that you cannot go after the, 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 the people who are um, either managing or owning the business, the company, okay? It's very difficult. The corporate veil is that basically there's a veil, which means that you only have a fronting entity, which is this corporate, this corporation, and you cannot go beyond uh, uh, that, this veil created by this corporation by going after the shareholders, by going after the directors, et cetera, et cetera. And while again, in continental Europe, such as France, for example, um, it is very easy, I mean, it's much easier to actually go after the personal assets of a director who um, has committed fraud or has done some, uh, um, some very disputable acts. In the United Kingdom, this corporate veil is really quite thick. It's very difficult to actually prove the uh, personal liability of a director 
um, uh, in front of the UK courts, which would trigger his or her, uh, his or her liability on his, his or her personal assets. So thanks to that, the fact that the um, uh, liability of shareholders is limited to the shareholding capital of a UK companies, as I'm sure you know, most UK companies have a very low um, share capital. I mean, if you look at companies' house registra, registra, register, sorry, you will see a lot of um, public company, uh, sorry, limited companies, uh, limited companies have a, a shareholding capital of 100 pounds, 200 pounds, 300 pounds, nothing. Um, so I'm saying nothing because compared to, again, to, um, to France, for example, um, you, you cannot decently have a shareholding capital which is less than 1,000 euros. If, nobody would take you seriously if your shareholding capital is less than 1,000 or 5,000 euros. In the UK, it doesn't matter. I've seen some very, very thriving, in particular fashion businesses, um, you know, making several millions of, um, of pounds per year in turnover who had a shareholding capital of, of 500 pounds. So, so yeah, and so through that, the um, liability of shareholders limited to um, the, the shareholding capital and the thick corporate veil, uh, which applies in the United Kingdom, the uh, personal assets of a talent and his or her personal liability are protected, uh, almost always intact. So another advantage, ad advantage sorry, of the personal um, of a loan at company structure is that the loan art company, the personal service company, is going to be responsible for paying uh, the, the tax, the income tax um, payments to HMRC, the, uh, the, the UK taxman, as well as, if, if applicable, some uh, national insurance contributions, NICs. The end client usually does not care, does not, um, does not deal with this part of, uh, of, uh, of, of uh, basically managing the business of a talent. Uh, the end client in a, in a, in a normal um, loan out structure only pays the gross sum of money to the talent and then it's the personal, sorry, to the personal service, the personal, uh, personal service company of a talent. And then it's actually that loan out company, this personal service company, which will basically have uh, the accountant of the business, of the, of the PSC, do all the, um, of the of the tax things, of the tax payments and assessments. Um, so that's good for the, the end client, obviously, the brand or the broadcaster or the, um, um, you know, the, uh, the sports team, because he doesn't have to, um, to provide um, any, um, any of his um, basically uh, additional payments of tax and NICs. Um, while making the payment. And also this um, end client is happy with the loan out structure because uh, it doesn't have to deal with all the complications that one might have with an employee. So just complying with you know, working time regulations and paid holiday regulations and uh, um, other stuff like um, you know, rest, harassment and uh, policy and, uh, and, and all these uh, usual employment law um, boilerplates and regulations that, that are in place for, for UK employees and, um, and uh, people are, who are earning a salary rather than a loan out payment. Um, so it also has this loan out structure, some advantages, in particular tax advantages and financial advantages for the talent, for the creator, why? Well, firstly, because the PSC structure is um, advantages from a tax standpoint because you can deduct way more expenses from your uh, your your your, uh, your earnings than if you were uh, an employee, someone who receives a salary uh, under UK tax law. So, um, for example, some. Um, some um, uh, expenses due to whining and dining a client that could be deducted against your um, against your earnings in in the PSC, or um, if you have to pay for some uh, traveling costs and accommodation costs, that could be also deducted. So it's tax efficient this PSC and loan out model because you can 
you know, deduct a lot of stuff from your earnings, from your turnover, and therefore it means that at the end, the net amount is lower on which you will have to pay some income tax. So that's good. And the second advantage for the talent, for the creator of a loan out structure is that it, um, it's good to manage your cash flow. As I mentioned before, uh, the PSC is often used by an entertainer, a, a talent, because it's a good fit with the model payment, so the payment model uh, of an entertainer, which is that he or she gets big chunks of money um, once every I don't know, one, two months or uh, every quarter, et cetera, et cetera. So when you only have to pay the, um, uh, basically the um, income tax and potentially some NICs if applicable once a year, you think usually in at September time, because the HMRC asks ask you to do your self-assessment uh, tax form, then it means that you can actually save some cash, put it on a savings account or in, you know, in reserves for uh, uh, basically two or three quarters before you actually have to uh, transfer this cash to the taxman to pay all of your uh, income taxes and, and um, any other charges on the payment you receive for, for, from your contracts with um, with uh, uh, and clients. And the third, third advantage of a loan out structure is that you get paid dividends, right? Basically in the UK, the only two ways that I know, legal ways that I know that um, some money can be paid to a, uh, uh, a director is, or, and shareholder is for either a salary, as if this person is an employee, or for dividends, um, dividends on your shares. Right, and as I mentioned before, the talent is the sole shareholder. From what I've seen, it's always the, the sole shareholder of this uh, loan out company, this PSC. So therefore, it's um, more tax efficient, so to speak, to actually for the PSC to actually transfer some dividend payments to the um, to the individual, to the talent, as opposed to um, um, paying him or her a salary. Okay, for example. On dividends, you don't have to pay the national insurance contributions, okay? And uh, also potentially there may be some uh, less income tax to pay on, uh, on dividends uh, than, uh, than on uh, uh, income tax. But don't quote me on this. This has to be double checked with uh, an accountant. But for sure, you don't have any NICs to pay national insurance contributions to pay on dividends. So these are the three uh, reasons for, uh, for which the talent uh, really likes the um, loan out structure from a um, finance and tax standpoint, right? So it seems to um, to be quite a win-win uh, uh, situation for uh, for creators, for the talent, and um, and for the end clients. So, for example, in the film industry, the loan out structure is very often used for uh, above the line casts, such as directors, film directors, um, actors, of course, the talent and also um, top producers. Um, so usually, and top crew as well, the, uh, on films, they usually have their, uh, their own loan out structure in place. Um, but as I said before, um, also in the sports industry, um, entertainment industry, et cetera. So, and the, the, legal, um, the legal practitioners have actually really basically uh, developed their skills and, a, and have developed a good, good skill set to provide some, you know, template um, loan out agreements to their clients um, very quickly. So the way it's usually structured in the UK, this loan out structure, once you've set up your uh, PSC, your personal service company, is that then um, the, uh, the talent, who he's or her agent, are going to agree the commercial terms with the end client. For example, how much is going to be paid uh, for the provision of the services? Uh, when are the services going to be uh, provided and for how long? And what services are going to be provided? So all these like, you know, basic terms are going to be defined uh, usually through exchange by emails or a phone call or a video conference or person-to-person -person conference. And then the second stage, once, once all those commercial terms have been agreed, is to actually enter a um, certificate of engagement, a COE, certificate of engagement, which is like a, 
uh, one or two page agreement on which the main terms are set out. Okay, so this is going to be ironed out, this is going to be signed, and it's even possible that the parties are from then going to actually um, uh, start working on the project. But in the background, the lawyers, the, the solicitors are still going to work to actually draft a long form agreement, which is going to be uh, called either a producer agreement or a modeling agreement or, um, or loan out agreements. Some of them cannot actually be called loan out agreements. And, um, and in these long form agreements, long form loan out agreements, this is where the meaty greedy of the legal provisions are going to be set out. And in particular, one thing that really needs to be uh, um, taken into consideration for the production company, so the end client, so the production company or the brand or so the end client, um, needs to make sure that there, there are some appropriate provisions in the loan out agreement so that all the intellectual property and all the services provided by the, um, the talent via this uh, personal service company are going to be transferred to the uh, production company. So let me give you an example. You take a top DOP uh, director of photography to um, shoot the next Wes Anderson movie, say, for example. It's going to be shot in the UK. So um, this DOP, Director of Photography, has, has a loan at uh, company set up in the UK. Um, and uh, in the, lo the long-term agreement, the loan out agreement, which is going to be drafted after the COE has been signed, it needs to set out um, a, um, a clause which will transfer permanently through an assignment of rights, all the intellectual property that this DOP, this director of photography, is going to create through his or her participation um, into the making of the next Wes Anderson feature film. And which is protected, so this, this, uh, this creation is going to be protected by copyright, yes? and which is one of the intellectual property rights which exist. And that copyright created by the DOP while provi providing those, uh, those services will be transferred permanently to the um, production company of, uh, of Wes Anderson um, via an assignment of intellectual property rights of, co of co copyright. And that assignment of copyright and other, you know, uh, uh, rights relating to these uh, to this creation by the DOP uh, will be uh, uh, governed by this uh, long form uh, agreement, which is called the loan out agreement. Well, it could in this particular instance, it could be called a director uh, of photography agreement. So uh, recently, actually, our law firm Crefovia has reviewed a producer's agreement, which was sent to us by a producer on a um, four uh, episodes uh, BBC series. So the BBC being the uh, commissioning broadcaster of a, a production company, okay? And that production company wanted to basically use the services of our client, who is a pr producer, film producer, to work on this, um, on, this, um, on this new series for the BBC. And so this long form agreement was called a, um, uh, a producer agreement. And we actually reviewed us at Crefervia, our law firm Crefervia, reviewed the, um, the loan out agreement, the draft loan out agreement, uh, while the producer was already very much in pre-production mode, working on the, uh, on the creation of his BBC series, um, uh, basically there every day. So as I said, sometimes the, um, the solicitors and lawyers have to catch up you know, with the fact that the, the parties have already started working together. Um, and and the, the talent is already providing the, uh, uh, the services to the end uh, client, in this case, the film production company, uh, because, you know, these timing issues and stuff. So um, just the last point on this about the transfer of intellectual property um, in particular, uh, and, and other also essential clauses that, that need to be included in the long form agreement. Uh, our recommendation at Crefovi is to always get some expert legal advice from an entertaining uh, entertainment lawyer 
uh, who are who, uh, basically qualified under English law to um, to basically enter into before you enter into an, an English law governed uh, loan out agreement. Uh, so so that is really recommended so that you ensure that everything is uh, is um, uh, you know really solid. Okay, so does anyone have any question at this point? This is the end of our second um, second um, section. Let me see. Right. So Sebastian is asking, can you use a loan up structure in um, other sectors and entertainments, such as, for example, the public sector. Yes, and I'm going to come to this in a second, actually, Sebastian, um, because there's a very pertinent case that happened in the UK, and not only one, but several cases which happened in the UK, and uh, which actually triggered the um, the uh, IR35 rules. So, um, oops, I'm, okay, yeah. I'm hearing another message. Um, okay, I think see if you don't have any further comments, we're going to move on to the uh, to the third uh, and last section of this uh, webinar on uh, loan out agreements and structures and companies. Um, if that's okay with you, so what is the future of loan out companies and? Um, in the, in the new legal framework created by the change in the IR35 rules. Well, when I mentioned before in section two that actually um, a, a win, a loan out agreement via an, a, an SPC was a win-win situation, um, that's true for the talent as well as the end customer, the end client, but it, that's not true for HMRC, the taxman in the UK. Why? Well, because as I explained, um, HMRC misses on, for example, some national insurance contributions that could be paid in case those payments made to the talent were actually uh, requalified as salaries, right? And, um, and some other, you know, tax costs as well that could be incurred if, um, if um, the talent was employed through a more traditional the more traditional route of basically an employment agreement and, 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 and being paid a salary. Um, so what happened in the late 1990s is that some concerns were raised that PSCs, loan out companies in the UK, were used to avoid uh, the tax and national insurance contributions, um, while in practice, the contractual relationships between the talent and the end customer was actually an employment, an employee to employer relationship. Okay, there was a subordination link. Um, the talent had a, a, a right to holiday. Um, the talent was not working more than 45, 48 hours per week um, in the same way that um, it is required under the working time regulation. So de facto, the uh, contractual relationship between the talent and the end client was actually that of a, uh, an employee to an employer. But um, on, 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 the pa on paper, it was, it was deemed to be a, um, a loan out uh, type of relationship, contractual relationship. So during the March 1999 budget, uh, the Labour government decided to tighten the rules relating to personal service companies, which is the um, basically the legal term to uh, under which uh, loan out uh, agreements, um, uh, sorry, loan out companies are referred to by HMRC. So personal service company, sorry, let me be more clear on this. Personal service company is the tax term and the legal term which is used by HMRC and also the, the UK government to refer to these loan out companies. And in the um, late 90s, sorry, in the March um, uh, 99 budget, the Labour government decided to uh, tighten the screw. And uh, therefore, some provisions were added in the Finance Act 2000 
um, with effect for, for the 2000-2001 tax year, and those regulations were actually called IR35. Why? Because this was the number um, under which uh, they were added in the budget press notice, IR35, and that term stick. And since we refer to these um, rules um, regulating personal service companies, also called loan out companies, as IR35. So what was, how, how did the Labour government actually uh, tighten the screw? Well, initially the idea was that the end customer would be responsible for assessing whether the um, payment made to the talent had to be subjected to tax, in, um, tax and, um, and NIC's payments as opposed to the personal services company deciding whether um, some you know, tax payments have to be made and NICs had to be made. And then it was found that this was a bit too stringent, really. Um, so the first uh, IR35 rules, which uh, were implemented for, uh, from the um, uh, 2000 to 2001 tax year, were actually the possibility to requalify a relationship between a talent and uh, an end consumer as a um, employee to employer relationship for tax purposes. So even, the, even when a um, loan out agreement had been entered into by the personal service company and the end client, if it um, was confirmed looking at on the face of the facts, you know, that actually this talent was merely acting as a, um, an employee of uh, this end, uh, end, end customer, then HMRC would be able to requalify this particular working relationship as a, an employment uh, contract. And therefore tax um, the payments made to the, um, the payments made to the, uh, to the talent um, for income tax and uh, NIC purposes. And so this system went on for 20 years. Um, surprisingly, the conservative, conservative governments, which succeeded the Labour one, actually kept the IR35 rules as, as they were uh, for 20 years. But then what happened is that in, in um, the, the mid-noughties, mid around 2000, um, 2012, 2014, some scandals started to arise in the public sector in particular, because a lot of top management in the public sector, and in particular the BBC, which is the state-owned um, uh, broadcaster in the UK, so a lot of top management and top talent were actually um, being paid through a loan out structure, while on the face of it, you know, they were working like an employee, um, 12 months a year and, um, you know, uh, five days a week and uh, for 48 hours, like that. So everything was as if they were an employee, but they had all the tax advantages of the loan out structure. And so this was unacceptable for the government, even the Tory government. And um, um, they decided to clean, uh, to, clean the, to clean house. And after those scandals uh, erupted, the... Um, uh, some, some, some sweeping reforms were made to the IR35 system uh, uh, from 2014 onwards in the public sector, okay? So once the public sector was cleaned out of all these uh, loan out structures which had no place, uh, you know, and no reason to be, um, the, um, uh, Tavi, the Conservative government actually started to, um, um, uh, to also redefine the rules for the private sector and such reforms for the private sector of the IR35 rules came were implemented came into force on the 6th of April 2021 so this year around four or five months ago and um, so what was the main reform of this amended version of the IR35 rules uh, starting applying from April 2021 20, onwards well 
as I mentioned before, the onus used to be on the personal service companies to decide whether the payments received by the talent was a, um, a basically a payment made to, to, for a loan out structure. And therefore it was um, the um, responsibility of the loan out company to make the payments for the NIC and um, if applicable and the tax income uh, uh, payments, okay? Um, so the PSCs were in charge of that before April 2021, but after April 2021, the, this responsibility shifted from the PSCs to the end customer. Why? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because a loan out company is a small, I mean, most of the time, is a small uh, uh, private company limited by shares lost in the sea of the hundreds and thousands of um, uh, private company limited by shares that exist in the UK. Okay, bear in mind that in the United Kingdom and probably in most of other developed countries in the world, 95% uh, um, of companies in the UK are private company limited by shares, the rest being uh, uh, public listed companies. So PSCs are usually very tiny, okay, compared to the size of the companies of uh, uh, very large corporates such as LVMH, the, uh, the fashion conglomerate, or um, the three majors in the music and film industry, Warner Chapel, Warner Brothers, uh, Universal, and, uh, and Sony. You know, and so it's much easier for the HMRC uh, uh, UK taxman to go after these mammoth, these basically, you know, behemoths of companies which have headquarters um, in perhaps in the US, but also in the UK. Um, and it's much easier to actually, you know, uh, get to them as opposed to all these small loan out companies and SPCs, which are difficult to track down. So as I was saying, from April 2021 onwards, the major change in the uh, private sector is that now the um, end customer, so it could be also a film production company, needs to assess from the outset whether its relationship with a talent is going to be uh, that of a, um, which is, which is uh, appropriate for a loan out structure and where because it's actually a loan out agreement, so uh, for a limited period of time, uh, say the talent will have to work 90 hours a week because in production time, so it's very different from a, an employee to employment relationship. In this particular case, then if um, the end customer can, can prove this, for example, a film production company can prove that this is real, uh, uh, on the face of the facts, it will be a real um, a talent slash uh, and customer company and, and customer company relationship, then it is fine to use the loan out structure. And then in this case, it, 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 it is still this SPC, the loan out company that needs to, uh, to pay the, um, any tax uh, on the payments made by the end, custo end customer to the talent. But if uh, during the prior assessment, the end customer notices that actually the talent will pay, will, um, will work for say two or three years on the project every uh, uh, working day and will have, you know, uh, to comply with the working time regulations because he or she will only work 48 hours a week and um, he or she will actually work from the, the end customer's offices as opposed to from home or from his, uh, uh, from his uh, SPC's um, head office. And so basically, if it turns out that in the face of a fact, it's actually an employee to employer relationship, which the end customer is going to establish with, uh, with a talent, then the end customer needs to take a um, proactive step and um, put this particular talent on its payroll by making sure that the payment paid to this talent will be um, uh, uh, taxed and also um, for, for income tax purposes, and also that some NICs, national insurance contributions, will be paid on these payments, okay? Because if either some end customer doesn't do that, then HMRC will come after it 
further to some, you know, inquiries like HMRC does from time to time to double check that everybody's, you know, in line and uh, and comp in compliance with uh, with rules. And then after an investigation, if it is found that actually the talent um, was was an employee really, then there will be some uh, some some tax payments to to pay back to the uh, to the HMRC plus also potentially some fines, uh, et cetera, et cetera. If it's not the first time or if it was done in bad will, et cetera. So that is you know uh, now a big responsibility for big names in the entertainment industry or in the sports industry to make sure that. Um, they comply with this rule from a reputational standpoint, but also, of course, from a financial and, and tax and legal standpoint. So the stakes are, you know, have been raised, and um, and it's it's been much much better for a prominent broadcaster or, or um, major company or very large independent film production company to uh, uh, you know to um, uh, play by the rules. And um, finally, what do I want to say about this? Oh yes, there's an important criteria though that I have to mention, which is that only large and medium-sized, um, uh, basically uh, projects will be projects and uh, and companies will be subjected to this new IR35 rules. So, say for example, you have a um, a, a small um, film production company and which which is the end client and uh, this film production company is going to employ a talent for a, 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 a movie which is going to be with a budget of uh, say fifty thousand pounds well that's that's definitely a, a small business a small budget a small project and therefore um, in this case then there is no need to uh, comply with a new ir35 rules but, um, and we had this case recently where, um, as I mentioned before, I was uh, reviewing uh, the um, draft um, loan out agreement of a client and um, he, um, and the budget of the, uh, this uh, BBC series uh, was not uh, disclosed in the, uh, in the draft loan agreement. And that was the way to assess whether this was a, uh, a small or a medium to large uh, project, and it actually ended up that the the the, the project for the series was ten million pounds. So of course, when you have a budget of ten million pounds, this is definitely a medium to large uh, uh, film production company. Even if it's an empty shell at the beginning, it means that ten million pounds are going to be injected in that in that um, in that film production company, and therefore it is uh, subjected to comply with the IR thirty five rules. And interestingly enough, if I may, uh, if I may add, the solicitor, which is you know quite a prominent uh, solicitor, solicitor's firm in in London in the entertainment um, legal uh, sphere, um, the solicitor had actually um, in its draw in his draft still placed the onus of paying the um, uh, tax income and national insurance contributions uh, on the payments made to the talent on the. Uh, P, on, the, on his PSC, on his loan out company. So this draft loan agreement prepared by the other side, by the uh, end uh, customer, by, by the independent film production company was not compliant with the IR35 rules, which of course I mentioned to the um, to our client who, who was this talent, the, the film producer. And I said to him, you need to sort this out with your accountant and also speaking to the end customer and making sure that, uh, you know, they, um, uh, they basically pay your your. Uh, uh, they put you on the payroll. They put you on the payroll to uh, make sure that your payments are actually, um, um, yeah, they're actually basically taxed on, uh, on for income tax purposes and uh, NICs. Because for a ten million pounds budget, this is definitely ranking into the uh, uh, medium to large uh, sized film production companies. Okay, so is there any interest to still have a um, um, a service? A personal service company or loan out company in the UK now with a new uh, 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 IR35 framework. I do think so. Um, I do think that it's still a, um, I mean, if, of course, provided that there is a real um, loan out relationship in place between the talent and the ed customer. So, um, which is much closer to, to being a freelancer than 
to being an employee. So provided that there is such, you know, um, uh, no subordination uh, uh, relationship existing between the talent and the and the end customer, I really do think that um, uh, learn at companies are uh, uh, an appropriate way to to structure your uh, entertainment business and uh, and media business and um, because there are some other advantages of um, of a loan at structure such as the one I mentioned before uh, the cash flow management. Uh, that you get that you, in flexibility that a loan that structure gives you as well as the um, as well as the uh, the fact that you can deduct a lot of your expenses against the um, against the the turnover that you make so if you have um, any questions about this um, last um, this last point about the future of uh, loan ad companies in the new IR35 framework please do let me know Anis, do you have any questions? Anyone else has any questions? Genevieve, yes. So Genevieve is asking, so you think that uh, loan ad companies have a bright future ahead of them? Um, can you be more? Uh, can you be be more specific and give us an example? Yeah, I, I mean, as I mentioned before, if you um, if you have several clients during a year and or even a quarter or a semester, and therefore you can actually show to the tax man, can you get, you get a, 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 you know, a tax control, a, um, a tax compliance inquiry that you actually juggled with several contracts um, either at the same time or one after the other. Um, and therefore you are definitely not in an employee-employer relationship because you only work for that client for two or three months and then you moved on to another client, et cetera, et cetera. And you can actually prove that, that there is a loan out relationship really existing between the parties. And um, and therefore um, and therefore you can actually prove that uh, the loan at structure ex ex exists and that no national insurance contribution should be paid on your payments. So that's great. You still keep you know the um, uh, flexibility of uh, of a loan at structure and all these advantages. It's just that you need to be really rigorous and perhaps more rigorous uh, than before uh, the 6th of April 2021, because you need to keep all the records of the evidence that you were in a real independent relationship uh, from your end customer. Okay, thank you so much, everyone. It was lovely to uh, uh, have uh, this um, first web live webinar with you guys. And um, I look forward to um, uh, seeing you soon. And we are going now to uh, publish a roundup article and a, um, a recorded version of this, uh, of this uh, uh, webinar very soon. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.